Father God, thank you for this Lord's Day. Thank you for um, your gospel, which our souls cry out for. And Lord, that you would continue to sanctify us as we gather together this morning through your word. And that you would instruct us um, in your ways, Lord, that you would be glorified in our lives. So Lord, open our hearts now as we... um, Listen to hear your word, and um, Lord, that you would be glorified during this time. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we are now on the Westminster Shorter Catechism question answer 102. Um, so if you're following in Williamson, it is page... Uh, 332. So we are getting, we're nearly finished here. Okay. So the question, question 102 is, what do we pray for in the second petition? The answer is, in the second petition, which is thy kingdom come, we pray that Satan's kingdom may be destroyed and that the kingdom of grace may be advanced, ourselves and others brought into it, and kept in it, and that the kingdom of glory may be hastened. So we've seen in the LOV, uh, we've seen, yes. Sorry, Alex. Around. Did we pray? Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the zone there, Alex. <laughs> Okay, Vershka, we've just started uh, question answer 102. So in the past two weeks, we've been looking at um, the, the Lord's Prayer, and we looked first at um, our Father in heaven, hallowed, and then secondly, hallowed be thy name. So we've been going phrase through through phrase. And in both those phrases, um, Alex, you taught, I think Brendan taught the first one. What we saw there is that in prayer, we are to first lift up our eyes to the Lord. And that's so important because the thing about our sinful nature is that it, it turns us in upon ourselves. We're so obsessed with our souls and our own issues and all that. And we don't naturally look to God first. And so that that's why the, the first most important part of the prayer is to lift up our eyes to, to the Lord. And that's what we see in our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But now the prayer moves on to this phrase, your kingdom Come. So we want to understand what does this mean? What does it mean to pray your kingdom come? Well, in order to answer this, we need to understand, well, what is the nature then of God's kingdom? Okay, is it a a political realm? Is it expressed in a political realm? Um, What is it? What is the kingdom of God? It's us. Okay, well, certainly glimpses, an expression of the kingdom of God is manifest in the church. Okay, that is correct. Ultimately, we see in scripture, we see that the kingdom of God is, is spiritual. Okay, as Jesus says in John 18, 36, my kingdom is not of this world. So just from that 
statement of Jesus, we can see that God's kingdom is not expressed through political power or culture or through any nation state. I mean, that was what the, the Jews were wanting. That was what Jesus' disciples were expecting, that the Messiah is going to come and he's going to establish this worldly kingdom um, an exercise, exercise of, of political power in order to establish God's rule on earth. And Jesus said, no, <laughs> that's not what I've come to do. And he corrected their false expectations. Because what is clear is that God's kingdom supersedes political power. So he certainly establishes political power, but um, he is above the political realm. So essentially, God's kingdom is where God rules and reigns. I mean, he's the king. His kingdom is wherever he exercises his authority and, and, and his rule. So where is it? Where, does, where that exists most perfectly and clearly is where? Yes. So... The new creation, heaven, is where everything is as it should be. Okay, there there's no sin, there's, there are no effects of the fall. Um, so what we can say, therefore, is that the kingdom of God is the new creation. The kingdom is the age to come. But now does this mean, then, that God does not rule here? On earth. The kingdom is the new creation, then what about this age? Are we saying that God doesn't rule here? That's breaking in already. Yeah, okay. Um, God absolutely does rule here. I mean, he, you know, Daniel 4.35 tells us that God rules over all things. He's our sovereign king, so that means that he exercises his dominion over all. In, in, one, well, in Hebrews 1, 3, we see that Christ upholds the universe by the word of his power. Okay, that's he, telling us clearly he's exercising his reign and rule over all things, even in this age. Colossians 1, 17 tells that Christ, in Christ all things hold together. So it's clear that nothing can exist in, in this age without God exercising his kingdom rule. And he, he even rules over Satan. Okay, God and Satan are not two equal opposing forces. God is sovereign and exercises his sovereignty over even Satan. And we see that um, very clearly in um, Job. Job 1.12 okay? God permits Satan to, well, he defines Satan's boundaries for, for operating. Okay? God sets the terms here. Satan is not free agent to do whatever he wants. And God then also rules over the sin-cursed world. He rules over rebellious humans and he remains in control and accomplishes all his purposes in spite of incredible opposition to his rule, in spite of the sinfulness of, of humanity, in spite of the curse that, 
that is, is here on, in, in this world. He rules and reigns over it. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, what we are not praying is that God will, we have this hope that one day God will you know, get, a, get control over all the chaos in the world. No, he already is in control. He's sovereign. But what we are praying when we pray thy kingdom come is that we're asking the Lord to send his spirit to work in hearts of people, enabling them to do his will and what is pleasing to God. Okay, because God's king, there are the glimpses of God's kingdom rule that that we pray that will break through into this age. Okay, so everyone is ruled over by God. Okay, whether you're a believer or you're an unbeliever. I mean, that doesn't, whether you believe in God or not, doesn't change the fact that God is the king, that he's sovereign. He, he is, okay? Your opinions about God don't change that. But it's only us who believe in Christ God's rule um, operates in us differently in that we are, God rules over our hearts. Okay? He has our hearts. A part of his spiritual kingdom ha- has been advanced in our hearts and that we, in Christ, we are regenerated. He's given us a new heart. Our hearts are alive now to God. His spirit is, is within us. We've got a, a Ephesians 1.14 says that the Spirit has now sealed us, has now given us a glimpse, a taste of the age to come. So we've got, a, in, in a sense, a, 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 a down payment of the, the kingdom of God in us because one day he is going to um, bring us to, to the new creation and that... The, 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 the fact that we've got the, uh, the seed of the Spirit in us now is a guarantee that we will be raised up from the dead into the, in, into the new creation. So we've got, as believers, we've been made alive. The kingdom has, has come, in a sense, in, in our lives. And when we pray, thy kingdom come, well, we asking God to is that he would extend this kingdom rule. That he will ex- would extend his spiritual, spiritual kingdom even into the hearts of, of unbelievers. So when we pray for our unbelieving family and friends to, to receive Christ, we, we pray that kingdom come in their lives. When we pray that kingdom come, we, we are asking that the Lord would raise unbelievers from death to life. And he would seal them for a heavenly citizenship in, in the kingdom to come, in, in the new creation. So any questions at this point? Okay, now the catechism goes on to say that when we pray your kingdom come, we are also praying that Satan's kingdom might be destroyed. So in a sense, we're engaging in spiritual warfare when we pray, thy kingdom come. So what do we, how do we understand this? 
Okay, well, the reality of Satan's dominion is that he works in opposition to God. He is, at this very present moment, he is blinding this world to, to the truth. Okay, he's keeping captive every unbeliever under the power of sin. Okay, he is the spirit that works in the children of, of disobedience, as Ephesians 2 verse 2 says. He is the God of this world, as 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says. So how then is, is his kingdom to be destroyed? Well, we know that it's going to be finally, dis, eventually destroyed when Jesus returns. And that's what we see at the end of the book. And when the, the Lord then ushers in his new creation, Satan's going to be destroyed in, in, in the lake of fire. Um, but in the meantime, okay, Satan's kingdom, his dominion, is assaulted every time unbelievers receive Christ. Okay, that is an assault to, to uh, Satan's domain. It's assaulted every time when the gospel is faithfully preached. It's assaulted every time when blind eyes are, are opened to the truth of God's word, when dead hearts are raised to life, when sinners are set free from the power of sin. And so these, these events are real glimpses of God's future kingdom breaking through here into the present. It's what the catechism calls the kingdom of grace. God's rule breaking through, God's spiritual kingdom breaking through into hearts in this age, um, demolishing strongholds, demolishing um, the uh, rule of, of Satan, assaulting the kingdom of, of Satan. And this is what we pray when we're praying, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. It, it, it's, it's in us, we're praying that God would extend his reign in the territory of Satan. Any questions about that? So what we also see here is what we call the, the eschatological nature of the kingdom. Okay, don't get scared of the big word. Okay, es what is eschatology? It's a study of the end times. Okay, it's two Greek words. Eschatos is the last, and ology is, is the study of logos. So it's a, it's talking about the, the the last things. Okay, so what we see we see a, the eschatological nature of the kingdom here in the Catechism when it talks about the kingdom of glory and the. Fullness. What, is, what do we mean? What is the catechism talking about when it's talking about the kingdom of glory? Well, it's talking about this future rule of God's kingdom. The fullness of God's kingdom rule that is only going to be realized when the kingdom is consummated. Or when Christ returns. And when he establishes the new heavens and the new earth. And when ultimately, the, the, basically, that the kingdom of God then is is the new creation. And only then will all every wrong be made right. Only then will the head of the serpent be crushed by Jesus and Satan defeated 
absolutely sin and the curse destroyed and Christ's victory complete. Yes, in a sense, Satan's head has been crushed from um, Jesus's death and resurrection, but we know that he's still operating on the world. And, and that's why Romans 16.20 says, um, essentially that when Christ returns, then when the God of peace returns, he will crush Satan under your feet. So it's all about this, the, the fulfillment of all things. And it's only then that God's victory will be complete, that God will dwell with his people. Then there will be no more tears, no more death, no more crying, no more pain. All the former things would have passed away. Now, when we, so when we pray your kingdom come, what we are praying for is that God's special kingdom would break through into this age. God's spiritual kingdom would break through into this age. That those under Satan's rule would be released from his tyranny. That unbelievers would receive Christ. That sinners would be converted. That those in bondage would be released. That those with hearts of stone would receive hearts um, of, of flesh. That healthy churches would be established. And that the gospel would be faithfully preached. So we're praying, we pray, what I'm trying to get at here is that when we pray thy kingdom come, we, we pray it in two senses. One sense we're asking God's um, kingdom rule to, to be um, extended here and now in this age through you know, the furtherance of his kingdom, through the preaching of the gospel, through unbelievers receiving Christ, etc., but what we also praying when you pray that kingdom come is we are praying, we are asking Christ to hasten his return. So it's a powerful prayer to pray. We are asking that Jesus would return quickly, that he would come, that the day would come quickly when he returns on the clouds, that he, when he would judge the living and the dead, defeat Satan once and for all, and bring all people to, bring his people to, to dwell with him. In his eternal kingdom. Any questions? Can I ask a silly question? Absolutely. <laughs> when, when we, well, Jesus, when he reappeared, okay, he was, it was a real body. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Okay, I think we've, we've got to perhaps change our understanding of what we mean by, by spiritual. When we think of spiritual, we think of um, ghosts and things. Um, now, 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that Jesus was resurrected with a spiritual body. Okay, and his body was welcome. We're just finishing the catechism. Um, his, what was the nature of his spiritual body? Well, you could see it. You could touch it. He ate a fish bra. Yeah, he, he, his disciples, sorry? Yeah. 
Okay, so it's, it's this, there's a mystery to it here. Okay, so on the one hand, it was you could see and touch. And then he was able to kind of move around, you know, appear and disappear and all that. Um, but it's a real, it, it's not, he wasn't a ghost. So 1 Corinthians 15 goes on to say that as like Jesus's resurrection body was like it was, so ours are going to be, so our resurrection body is also going to be real things, real bodies. Even so, the, the new creation is going to be more real and than this age. It's, we're not just going to be dismembered souls. Okay, before the, if we die before the second coming of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 tells us that we will go to be with the Lord. Our, our, our spirits will go to be with the Lord. Okay? But then when we are resurrected from the dead, our spirits or souls will be um, reunited with our resurrection bodies to um, enjoy eternal life in, in the new creation. So the, the new creation, I mean, it's a creation. It's a real, there's a... Um, is there, it's more real than, than this age. I think it's hard for us to, I mean, Corinthians 15, no eyes seen, no ears heard. Yeah, it, it's, it, it, we can't conceive of it. We've just been getting, we've just got glimpses of it from Scripture. Um, because it's so much more than we can even think or, or imagine. Alex. Yeah, please. The, it's even better than pre-fall, like the Adam in the garden, because the idea is that if Adam had not failed in his his covenant and works with God, that would have caused the earth to be glorified in such a way that it would be as the new creation will be. Yeah. Uh, so there was always there was always something needing to happen to the earth to make it unable to decay, for people to be unable to sin, and so on. And then, we obviously know that Christ supplies that obedience which earns what God is going to do, but um, one theologians described it as like the creation, the new creation is shot through with the, with the glory of the Holy Spirit and transformed in such a way that it's a legitimate creation that's physical mm. but it's also spiritual and the only yeah. example of new creation so far is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and the, the believers um, <coughs> spiritually but our bodies are not there yet new, so. yeah yeah absolutely okay <laughs> any last questions <coughs> yes Yeah. So they're sort of linked, aren't they? Yeah, no, for sure. Great. Okay, let's let's pray. Father God, thank you. We'll sign together and thank you, Lord, that indeed we can pray. Your your kingdom come and and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so Lord we we ask that, that you would through that bring unbelievers to to faith um, turn uh, sinful hearts to to repentance 
Lord, that your kingdom rule would be extended among us, your church, and amongst those who we care about who, who, who are not um, part of your church. And Lord, we ask that you would hasten your return. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, we long for the day when you will descend on the clouds and right every wrong and um, judge the living and the dead and usher your people into the new creation, Lord. Um, we long for that day. So, Lord, would you um, empower us to, to persevere to the end? Thank you that you have promised that you will do that. And, Lord, we um, wait in anticipation for your kingdom rule to be established. Yeah, we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.